walk with me. Watch how I do life. Don't just believe what Jesus believed. Live the way Jesus lived. So if Jesus wasn't rushed, why are you? Hey, you beautiful people. Welcome back to Sundays with the Gathering. I'm Hannah Hunter, the Director of Digital Reach here at the Gathering Place in Palm Beach Gardens. This week, Pastor Mike brings us a message on how the holidays can disrupt our lives and our sense of priorities. I just want to say thank you again for coming and worship. I'm praying that, that everyone, our prayer has been that when you come to this place, that you feel the welcome of God. You feel the spirit of God in this place. That, that's our heart and desire. And so for some of you who might be checking us out for the first time, I just want to say welcome to our, to our open house at the gathering place. You know, um, we finally like, feel like we have moved into this worship space and, and we want to let you know that, that we are here for you. Um, we're actually kicking off a new message series, and, and the message series, the intent of this, so it's going to be building on itself, is to equip you to find joy and peace as we enter into the holiday season. You know, I don't know about you, but I've been feeling it. Uh, we've been all feeling the pressure by the subtle hints on the radio and all the stores that the holiday season, it's coming. It seems like Halloween stuff started going up right after 4th of July, Thanksgiving stuff started coming up right after Labor Day, and now we just got through Halloween, and many of us have been recovering from our sugar rush and our, our warm-up parties for the holidays, and you know, our local schools, those of you who have kids, you know what I'm talking about, our local schools really did a doozy on us because they actually declared a no-school teacher work day the day after Halloween. I mean, like, that was brilliant, I guess, but you know, gee, thanks. Like, we really wanted to have our kids home with us after eating candy for breakfast. Um, but, you know, we had to, to endure that. But that's the reality that, that I had. But, you know, the way I think about it, our Halloween activities were basically a warm-up to prepare us for the main events that are coming upon us. Yes, that holy trinity of American holidays. You know, can you think of what they are? Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year, that, 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 that holy trinity that, that we get so consumed and wrapped up in. And I'm wondering, are any of you starting to feel what I'm talking about? You know, the Christmas decorations are now starting to take over, right? I don't know about you, but the holiday calendar is starting to fill up. Dinners and parties are being planned. Some are looking forward to trips and others at this point are now wishing that they really did book that trip to be out of town. And, um, and some of us are having those special talks. You know, talking about those special talks about invites and how to prepare for the holidays. And if you're not up on this, and some of you are like, oh, crud, man, I didn't even start this stuff yet. Don't worry, there's still time to do all this stuff. But let's face it, the holidays involve a lot of planning, you know, we, we, we have, there's something inside of us that we want to make sure that every holiday celebration is perfect. You know, the way we envision and imagine in our own mind. But more often than we'd like to admit, despite our best efforts at planning, despite the way we visualize it in and, and all the, the checklists and all the invites and emails and all those different things, sometimes we leave important elements out of our holiday. Can you relate? We're human. And, and this stuff is, is actually real. And believe it or not, it even happened in the Bible. 
It even happened with the Holy Family. So let us pray. So God, we just ask that you would speak to us from the Scriptures. We know that so many times uh, right now, especially this weekend, it starts off as we start looking ahead to the holiday seasons. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a word that would bring comfort and peace to our souls. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yes, it actually happened to the Holy Family. And the reason I like to, to remind us of that is because sometimes we look at our family and we look at how we do life together, you know, how you prepare things and, and, and you know, how you start your day. And sometimes you're like, is my family a holy family? You know, if we, if we look at ourselves, you know, do we, would we say, yeah, are we a holy family? And the answer is yes. Let's just embrace the call that God has upon our lives. And even when it gets screwed up and you feel like you missed the mark, you know, you too are part of God's holy family. Uh, so let's look at our scripture lesson today. And, and I'm going to just go and read this text. Now, every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And he was 12 years old. When he was 12 years old, they went up as usual to the festival. When the festivals ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of this. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey, and then they started to look for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Or maybe, I don't know how a 12-year-old would do it. Like, why are you searching for me? I don't know how a 12-year-old would do it, but just 12-year-old Jesus. Why are you searching for me? Did he not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and years and in the divine and human favor. So, today, we're not going to talk about genius Jesus, okay? And how he amazed all the teachers of the temple by asking the questions. And we're not going to talk about Jesus' deep understanding and answers. No, what we're going to talk about, just to get us set, is that we're going to talk about how Jesus' parents lost him for about three days and somehow they still managed to have custody over him after that whole incident. We're going to talk about how Mary and Joseph must have felt in the process. And also, how would you feel if you lost your kid and they weren't you know, following the rules and, and going along with it? And then when you find them, they respond like Jesus. How would you feel if your son or daughter... You know, when you said, hey, you know, we, we, were, we were looking for you. And they're like, well, why are you looking for me? You know, didn't you know I was to be about my father's business? I will say this. The scriptures don't give us much further details. But I really wish I could have been a bug on the wall in Jesus' life. Because um, 
All we know is they didn't understand him, okay? They didn't understand Jesus. That's what it says. And they must have done something, some, something pretty serious with Jesus because right after that, it says they didn't understand him. But here's what we do know. Jesus straightened his act up, man. I mean, he went down with them. He came to Nazareth. And then it, and the scripture ex- explicitly says, and he was obedient to them. And his mother treasured this in her heart. How sweet. <laughs> you know, like, my, my, you know, when I read this text, you know, sometimes it's one of those, those texts that we just run over real fast in the scripture, and we ask ourselves, how did they leave Jesus in Jerusalem? So, you know, in a historical context, I mean, this is, this is a huge holiday. This is the Passover holiday in our time. You know, this, this happened a couple months ago in September. And this is one where, where people would actually take pilgrimages to Jerusalem. I mean, the whole family would, would load up their wagons. They'd get all their, their, their resources. They would all travel to, to Jerusalem in, in caravans. And so we scholars, you know, we, we like to give the facts, but we also like to cover up for Jesus and the Holy Family. You know, some scholars will say that the men and women traveled separately. And since Jesus was right between that age of a child and a man being 12 years old, you know, he could have been with Mary, traveling with Mary, because a lot of times in these caravan travels, the the men would go on ahead. They would travel a little bit faster and they would kind of set up tent on these journeys. And, And so Jesus, you know, being right at the cusp of having his bar mitzvah, probably could travel with the men. And if Mary didn't see Jesus, oh yeah, he's probably with his father. He's hanging out with the men. But also Jesus is a little 12-year-old. And you know how it is with 12-year-olds, right? You know, sometimes they, they think that they want to be adults and they want to be claimed as adults. And they have, now we have to create this new category of a tween because they're not really a teen they're, and they're not really a child. And so we have to kind of live into that. And so maybe it was one of those days when Jesus was acting more like a child. And so Joseph's like, go with your mother. And so, you know, maybe he was traveling with the, with the woman, you know, so he could have been either place. And this, like logically, okay, maybe it works to explain things. But I think there's something deeper that's happening here that I don't want us to miss. Maybe, just maybe, Mary and Joseph had too much on their plate. Maybe their schedule was uh, a little bit too packed. You know, let's face it. I mean, the, the high holidays that required a pilgrimage that probably took a lot out of them. They were overwhelmed and anxious of all the stuff they left undone that has to be done on their, on their to-do list. You know how it is. You know, you, you plan this holiday and, and you had a great time. You had family and friends. You go to your event. Maybe it's your trip, a high holiday trip to Disney World. I don't know what it is, but you, you spend all your money. You, you, you run through lines. You rush through. And then all of a sudden, you're like, it's the last day. And you know what? Monday's starting. Work is starting. And I got to hurry up and get home. And you're just thinking about all your other stuff. So you're packing all your bags. You're putting all the souvenirs in. You're trying to quiet the kids load up the car, make sure you didn't check anything, um, leave anything behind. And you're like, okay, I got to get this stuff done. And you know what? I kind of realized that when you live like that, when you live at that, such a high pace, a fast pace, overscheduled pace, it's easy to feel overwhelmed and anxious about all the stuff that is left undone, or everything that has to be on your to-do list. If we're really honest with ourselves, 
This could have been any of us. This could have happened to any one of us who lived that overscheduled life, taking on things and responsibilities in our life that God didn't ask us to do. But what, what is amazing, and, 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 and you know, in every children's sermon and every Sunday school lesson, the answer is always Jesus. Jesus does give us some insight. Because even at 12 years old, he knew what mattered. He was supposed to be in his father's house. Overwhelmed. Being anxious about all we have to do. You know, sometimes we say, is there enough hours in the day? Can we squeeze in just one more activity? You know, get in the fastest line. Can we multitask? Even multitask to the point of doing our, our work in the bathroom. But if we ask ourselves honestly, and I want you to take a step back and just kind of look at the condition of your soul and look at the pace of your life. Um, This kind of comes hand in hand because most of us are not just rushed occasionally. Sometimes it becomes a way of life. And what usually happens when you live this rushed and fast-paced life some fruit comes out, and that is that for some reason, you experience a a disappointment in life. It's like you're never satisfied. You know, something is really missing. We're busy. And there's no time to actually really do the things that we really love and desire to do. There's no time to really love and and share love with the people that we love. And then we we run through our life all year like this. And then we hit this holiday season. And the holidays, we, we try to artificially create the life that we all hoped and dreamed for. Yeah, we do this a lot. And yet, during the holidays, we, 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 we do have a lot of activities, and we have fun, and we, and we make a lot of memories. And let's face it, I mean, this is probably the best time to follow your social media, right? I mean, this is when you make all the coolest posts on social media. But behind the scenes, let's be honest, what happens behind those cool social media posts and, and the TikTok videos and the Instagram videos and the Facebook posts to show how happy and perfect your family is, behind the scenes, let's face it, there are emotional breakdowns where your anxiety and your stress gets the better of you. Well, there's also those moments where you have that relationship drama. And, and if we really are honest with ourselves, I think you'd agree that life is not supposed to be this way. What if I was to tell you that the greatest os- obstacle to the life you want may be the life that you're currently living? Hear me. The greatest obstacle to the life you want may be the life that you are currently living. I'm guessing we're all busy, okay? We all have places to be, jobs to do, bills to pay, kitchens to clean, kids to raise. You know, we have news to read, um, yards to mow, dinner to cook, clothes to buy, wash, clothes to not wear, and then more clothes to buy, taking photos, and then to, to, to just put it all on the shelf, You know, how do we replenish our soul? We watch those soul-numbing shows that we love to stream. You know, we just binge out on our our latest streaming advice, and we say, ah, if I could just numb my soul from reality. But here's what's really happening. 
We don't have time for family meals. We don't have time for deep conversation with our friends. We don't have time to actually experience some rest and reflection and read and to seek God. We just don't have time. And sadly, when you talk to other people, neither does anybody else. And are we okay with that? So again, going back to that that thought I want you to consider, what if I told you that the greatest obstacle to the life that you really want is the life that you're currently living? You see, Jesus offered us another way. You know, throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus embraced God's mission. Jesus recruited this, this team of 12 people that were just as messed up as all of us, and he trained them with kingdom values. And here's one thing that we can really grab from Jesus. Jesus never once ran. We don't see Jesus, you know, just in that hurried pace. Yes, Jesus was very busy. Jesus accomplished a lot in his life, but he never rushed. Never once in the Gospels I see Jesus say, well, shoot, boys, we're behind schedule. Let's make up for lost time. Or, hey, you know, some of the disciples, you know, they're, they're missing. You know, Judas is off doing something. You know, let's, let's just leave him behind. Jesus never once ran. But here's what Jesus did do. He lived according to his God-given priorities. Jesus didn't let someone else set their schedule or their priorities. And here's what Jesus did. I mean, people say, like, what would Jesus do? Jesus actually took naps. Jesus withdrew from the crowds. Jesus hung out with his inner circle. Jesus made time with God so that he could be replenished. And what happens is we see that the disciples followed an unrushed Jesus. So my question for us to consider is this. If we follow an unrushed Jesus, then maybe we should be living an unrushed life. That makes sense, right? If the Jesus that we follow is not rushing and hurrying at all the next thing, maybe we should model that life. If you find yourselves always rushed, stressed, and overwhelmed, exhausted to try to get it all done, always falling short, then maybe... Jesus' invitation really makes sense to you because Jesus invites us to come to him. Listen to these words. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound good for the soul already? Isn't that something that we all long for? It's not something that Hallmark can give us or any other holiday movie. Jesus says, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Walk with me. Watch how I do life. Don't just believe what Jesus believed. Live the way Jesus lived. So if Jesus wasn't rushed, why are you? That's the question you have to ask yourself. If Jesus wasn't rushed, why do I feel compelled to be rushed? If we're really honest, we're all running from something or running to something. Some of us are either running from our past, we're running from our failures, we're running from our insecurities, we're running from hurt, we're running from abuse. And then others are running to 
you know, the, the great job, the perfect marriage, success, money, more likes and popularity. But the problem is that when you're, when you're often chasing life, that kind of life often leaves you empty. You know, Jesus warned us, you know, he told us in Matthew, he said, you know, be careful that you don't gain the whole world and then lose your soul. I think sadly, right now, in the state of, of where we live in our world, there's a lot of people that have lost their soul, and they're, and they're trying to find everything to, to gain life, but they're, they're losing something. So what if that greatest obstacle to that life that you really desire, the one that God is saying I can give to you, is actually that the biggest obstacle is the life that you're currently living? I know you can say, you know, well, Pastor Mike, you know, you just don't understand. You don't understand the responsibility and obligations I have. There's just not enough time. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we have time for what we choose to have time for. Am I right? We have time for what we choose to have time for. So the solution is not more time. The solution is more of what matters most. That's the solution. And the reason, um, you know, you don't have time for what matters is because a lot of us are, are mindlessly, mindlessly spending our precious time on what doesn't really matter. Here's some of the statistics about the average American. You know, the average American, and this, is, this number is growing, spends 706 hours a year on social media. Social media, television, um, you know, video games. The average American, you know, works eight hours a day, so that's almost four and a half months of, of, of working hours. They spend 2,737 hours on TV, um, you know, just following the new trending series. The average guy actually spends 10,000 hours on video games by the age of 21. 10,000 hours on video games. You know, and then during the holiday season, we, we watch too many of those holiday specials and follow too many people. I mean, like our, our tracking of people on social media seems to rise. And we secretly, and we're really honest with ourselves, we secretly try to compete and create a fantasy life with our neighbors and friends that we're in this social media, you know, virtual friendship world in. And we think all this is going to make us happy. But most of the time we feel empty, drained, and we're longing for something more. So what do we do? What do we do with this? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of to-do lists. Because if, here's the reality, okay? If you do not slow down, you will burn out. You will break down and you will be forced to stop. And you can't blame God for this. Like, well, God made me stop. No, we were not made to live life at that kind of pace. We were not created like this. Because who is God? We know that the scripture teaches us everywhere that God is love and love is incompatible with hurry. You know, if you're always in a hurry, you cannot fully love another person because we see that the scripture teaches us that love is patient. Love takes time. Hurry doesn't have time. And we could, and we could fool ourselves and say, you know, oh yeah, I'm being present. I'm just multitasking. But you know how you feel sitting across the table with somebody when you have to have a meaningful conversation with you and they're like, yep, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. And they miss everything that we're really trying to say. So I don't want to add another thing to your schedule. But I do want to give you an invitation. 
And that is to allow the gathering place to come alongside of you. Because I believe that there is power in prayer. And I believe that when God's people, when, when these people come together and we, and we pray together the same thing, that that prayer multiplies, I mean, it, it, exponentially when we pray together. And so I want to invite you to let's do life together by praying this simple prayer together this week. If we just, I mean, what would happen if we pray this, you know, seven times? I don't have it on the screen, but just hear me closely. What if we were to pray some version of this? God, help me to stop the hurry and unnecessary busyness just enough to experience Jesus deeply and love people well. No one's writing that down. Here, let's try that again. God, help me to stop the hurry and unnecessary business in my life just enough to experience Jesus deeply and love people well. God, help me to stop the hurry and unnecessary busyness in my life just enough to experience Jesus deeply and love people well. What would happen if we prayed that every day for this week? God, help me to stop the hurry and unnecessary busyness in my life just enough to experience Jesus deeply and love people well. How do we do this? It's an invitation to be present in the moment. In other words, listen to people. See the needs be with people, the hurt that people are carrying. Check in with those who are important to you. So be present in these moments. Don't just rush by. Number two, choose what's important and eliminate what's not. Do you hear me? Choose what's important and eliminate what's not. You know, help me to say no to what, mat- what doesn't matter and yes to what does. You know, that those good things that are meant to be enjoyed and, and stay away from those things that are not most important. And remember, I heard someone once say this, a no for now doesn't mean no forever. Okay, that, that's okay. A no for now doesn't mean no forever. And then finally, the third thing is become aware of God's presence in your life by taking time to be still. Because when you're still, you can hear that still, small voice and hear God whisper, I and with you. Hey, beautiful people. This is Hannah Hunter. I'm the Director of Digital Reach here at The Gathering Place in Palm Beach Gardens. Thank you for joining us this week. We love getting to share our journey in Christ and community with you. And if you're in the Palm Beach area, we'd love to get to connect with you in person at our Sunday worship service at 10 a.m. For more information about our community and faith, check out our website at thegatheringplacefl.org. Thanks for listening.